Thank you for having me on your show. I guess the first question always in these sorts of circumstances is how is your father? He's stable at the moment. Um, He's plateaued, um, I would say, for the last maybe two or three months. He's not getting worse right now, but he's not getting better. If you could take our listeners back to what happened a few years ago and where this all began for your family. Yes, uh, it began in June of 2019. It was the weekend of my parents' 40th wedding anniversary. And on the Saturday, my dad um, felt that he was having a heart attack. Um, I live in Nova Scotia, so I'm six hours away from where he lives. And he called me wanting me to come right away. And it just seemed so unusual that he wanted me to come right away when my siblings were closer. And it just didn't seem right. So I said, okay, you're going to go to the hospital. They're going to make sure everything's fine. And I started driving to Bathurst where he lives. Um, He went back and forth from the emergency room twice that weekend with chest pain. And they did a variety of tests for chest pain. And he was not having a heart attack. But he was also acting very confused and anxious. But we thought it was because he thought he was having a heart attack. The night of his anniversary, which was a Sunday, after coming home from the emergency room, um, he started vomiting profusely and collapsed with a seizure. Uh, And then he was brought to the hospital. And at that point, you realized that something, or you started to realize, I imagine, that something different was happening. Absolutely. I mean, when he first went in, you know, he was just having delusions and he was talking about things that made absolutely no sense at all. And they initially thought because of the seizure um, that he had epilepsy. And, And when he was in the hospital, he had a few more seizures, but they were focal seizures, which is when they just stare into space and not say anything. Um, so they were on that path for about a week until they realized that it wasn't epilepsy. And then the um, symptoms started that reflect Creutzfeldt-Jakob disease, and it went downhill very quickly for him. A reminder to our listeners, Creutzfeldt-Jakob disease associated with mad cow disease back in, uh, talked about a lot uh, several decades ago in the UK, but still talked about here as well. So that was but there was no word on the time at the time on a cause. Like they, doctors no. weren't able to say what the problem was. No, absolutely. They they ruled him out for a stroke. They ruled him out for a heart attack. They ruled him out for epilepsy. Um, you know, and then within a few weeks of being hospitalized is when he started having more severe symptoms like weight loss, aggression, dementia-like symptoms, and that's when the doctor said that he has all the symptoms of CJD, Creutzfeldt-Jakob disease. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's when. That was their operating theory. Um, so they took a spinal uh, fluid from him, a spinal tap, and sent that off to a lab in Winnipeg. And it took a few weeks for the result to come back, and it was negative. And they were certain it would be positive. So they were just uh, at a loss medically, as we were as a family. At this point, how soon when you figure out or you start to learn that maybe your father isn't the only one? It wasn't until a year and a half later. Um, my dad ended up being in hospital for just over a year until he was placed in a special care home because he can't do things entirely alone anymore. Um, and it wasn't until March of 2021 when Radio Canada released an internal memo from New Brunswick Public Health that indicated at that time there were 42 cases. Um, And I was shocked because I I was reading this. It was sent to me by a friend, the article. And then in the next 12 hours, I was sent 
by so many other people who said, this looks like your dad. And it felt like I was reading my dad's, you know, uh, health chart because that's what was describing him. And I later learned that he was not part of that initial 42 um, count. And um, that is what leaded, uh, led me to speak to Dr. Morero. Right. And just to, just to remind our listeners, and if I'm correct, this was a quote, neurological syndrome of unknown cause that they thought they had found out, that they found out about. Correct. We fast forward a bit. Um, so this has been, at this time, we think established that there is this unknown, this, uh, this neurological syndrome of unknown cause. Clearly, your father is one of those identified, suspected to perhaps be part of it. At this point, clearly, public health in New Brunswick has stepped in to try to figure out what's going on. What are they saying at that point? So at that point, um, they had indicated in March, after the memo was leaked by the media, that they do believe that there is a neurological syndrome of unknown cause um, that could be caused by the environment. That was their leading theory. Um, And at that point, um, what we discovered later on was that they had already been working on it for a few months. So that is what they came out publicly in saying. Um, and they indicated that Dr. Morero was the lead on this um, case uh, and that the you know other doctors, which the memo stated that other doctors, if they feel their patient is showing these symptoms, should refer them to Dr. Morero. Um, and it was shortly after that that um, the government of New Brunswick announced a specialized clinic to see these people um, which was run by Morero. I'm speaking with Steve Ellis about a mystery neurological illness in New Brunswick. His father, Roger, is among those, among those initially identified as being one of those uh, suffering from the syndrome. Just to move forward a little bit, all of a sudden I noticed from, from the reporting that the tone changes from the province. It is no longer a syndrome, a neurological syndrome of yeah. unknown cause. It's a potential neurological syndrome of unknown clause. And the idea of a cluster of cases um, is starting to be questioned by the province itself. Correct. So that changed in early June. Um, That was when public health and the government in New Brunswick had their first uh, press conference about this matter. And that's when they started using that terminology. And that's when they announced that they created this oversight committee, um, which was um, six neurologists, from New Brunswick, so their own investigation. Um, And it was shocking because at that point, you know, the same people just two months prior who were saying it was a neurological disease or a syndrome of unknown cause are now saying it's potential, but they weren't really clarifying why they thought it could be potential. Uh, It was later unearthed that in early May, um, they had previously been working with federal counterparts, which they had said to help figure out what this is. And they told them to stand down and created their own committee instead. And that's when the language changed. So really, they brought the investigation into the province and kept it there. Correct. Um, They were working with their federal experts in Ottawa. Um, They were working with other scientists across the country, including one in BC. And one particular scientist gave an interview to uh, another media station that he believed that um, BMAA uh, needs to be ruled out, which can be found in blue-green algae, which is very common in New Brunswick and in the waterways. And um, as soon as that was suggested, that's when they told them that they no longer need their assistance. 
Right. I know there are many theories about what could be causing this uh, out there as well. Uh, yeah. Before, yeah, before we take a quick break, sorry, Steve, before we take a oh. very quick break, I just want to ask you quickly, because we didn't touch on this. This is this syndrome, as far as we can tell, those suspected of having it cover a wide breadth of age, but a very yeah. small geography. Absolutely. So my father, when he first got sick, was 61. Um, the youngest person to be affected is 18. And the oldest is 85. Um, so it, it, there are people in just about every uh, decade of that age group that are affected. And thus far, nine people have died. Don't go away. I'm speaking with Steve Ellis about this mystery neurological illness in New Brunswick. His father, Roger, among those suspected of uh, suffering from this syndrome. When we come back, we're going to talk a bit about what's coming up next and what Steve's hopes for are in this investiga- investigative process taking place in New Brunswick. We'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm speaking with Steve Ellis about a mystery neurological illness in the province of New Brunswick. His father, Roger, among those initially identified as being part of a cluster of patients with the same syndrome, potentially a a cause still unknown. Um, I know that the province has put together a couple of, has released a report in the fall that questioned that that these cases were even associated. Yes. So um, they did release that report in October and uh, the reason for that was because um, throughout the summer months, um, they had done epidemiological questionnaires uh, for those who were in the cluster. Um, they were able to get responses from 34 uh, out of the 48 in the cluster. Um, and that was just to find commonalities um, between the patients. And it was about uh, lifestyle, uh, food you ate, places you've been, travel, that sort of thing. And I did um, complete it on behalf of my father, which it took almost five hours to do over the phone. Um, So they released this report, which was a summary of their findings. Um, It's important to note that they did go on record that day and say that they don't believe that the cases are linked and that there's no danger to the environment or to people because of the environment or the food or what have you. But the only thing is that they never did any testing. They never did any environmental testing to come out and say that there's no link and there's no problem to be seen here. They were only using the answers of 34 people to come to that, you know, solution. Right. And that's not scientific. You, this, was, this came as a shock, I understand, to, the, to you and the other families and those who, uh, who have been looking for answers here. Extremely shocking, especially because Minister the health minister, Dorothy Shepard, um, had written myself and other families indicating that we would be privy to this report prior to it being made public, and we never were. So we learned at the same time that everyone else learned, and it was just one more example of how they have mismanaged this investigation. I mean, we don't know the cause, and we're, and it's not, you know, with neurological syndromes, it's always difficult to figure out exactly mm-hmm. what's happening. You just, right now you're just looking for answers, I gather. Is it, is it important that the truth come out about whether these cases are linked or not in, in your mind? There is importance to that um, because there have been um, cases where it is families, it is a husband and wife, that sort of thing. So there could be connections, but moreover, it's important for each individual person and their families to know why their person is sick. Um, you know, these people aged 18 and older are experiencing dementia and Parkinson's like syndrome symptoms. 
um, but they're presenting in atypical fashion. That's why my father and no one else who's in this in, in this review have any diagnoses because they're not presenting normally. Because of course, people get diagnosed with dementia and Parkinson's and other known diseases all the time because they do present in a certain way and they have certain tests that come up in a certain way. Um, we don't have that. So we have to find out why these people are being, you know, falling ill so atypically. Is there something causing it and get to that root cause? And you're just as in the dark as you were two years ago. Even darker in ways. Um, you know, I thankfully with the Facebook group that I created, I have a large network of support from other patients and families. Um, and, you know, there are people that are working on it. There's attention to the matter. But we, you know, at the but if I take all that away, I still don't know why my father's brain is dying. There is another report, I understand, due out any day now um, mm-hmm. that may or may not offer more insight into what's been happening. What do you expect to see in that report? How confident are you that it'll provide some of the answers that you're looking for? It's not going to. All this report is going to show, and this is what the government has stated, it's a clinical review. So what the six neurologists on this oversight committee have done is they've reviewed the files of the 48 people, and they're going to be doing a review on those files and sharing their discoveries. But the thing is, they haven't seen any of these patients. They're not going to be able to give answers because they haven't met with my father. They haven't met with any of the other patients. And, you know, faith in the government is almost non-existent. And I don't think this report is going to show much. Um, It really felt in October that the government was trying to basically prepare everyone for the eventuality that they're going to say that there's no mystery, that there's no cluster. And unfortunately, Minister Shepard, who's the health minister, went on record on a program stating that she believes there's no cluster. And that's without any scientific evidence. So that's why I don't think it's going to do much to advance anything. Regardless of what's found, if it is indeed a cluster or not, if the cases are linked, if it indeed is a mystery, uh, neurological syndrome or not, what would allow you to have faith in the investigations that are taking place so that you would be confident in the answers that were provided? That's, uh, that's a loaded question because, you know, the, the faith in how they've handled this and the trust is very much broken. Um, what I think would restore confidence is if the government of New Brunswick would reinstate the cooperation with the, their federal counterparts to work on this, like they were doing at the beginning, because they worked together for three months. So if they would agree to do that and allow the environmental testing to take place, allow the uh, testing of the tissue uh, of the deceased to take place, because those families want their their loved ones' uh, tissues tested for neurotoxins, that would help to restore the faith. Because unfortunately, the government of New Brunswick is not suited to handle this on their own, and they've proven that. And in your estimation, you don't feel like they're looking for the answers that you want them to be looking for? No, absolutely not. They're trying to brush this under the rug and they're trying to make it go away. And they're trying to placate people in thinking that there's nothing wrong with their province. If they truly felt that way and they were confident that nothing was wrong with their environment, then why wouldn't you allow the federal 
counterparts to come in and do the testing. You know, the what they say and what they do is not matching up. What kind of toll has this taken on you, on your family, on your father? It's taken a huge toll. Um, you know, our, our lives have been completely uprooted. You know, prior to all this, my father was my mother's caregiver because she has unrelated health issues. And when he got sick, we as a family had to decide, well, what are we doing now? Mom still needed care. Um, she ended up having to go into a home as well. Um, you know, the following year, we we couldn't keep the house afloat anymore. So we had to sell my childhood home and all of their recreational items, everything that dad enjoyed in retirement, that was all taken away from us. And people get sick all the time, right? People get cancer, people get brain tumors, but people get diagnosed. And we don't have that. So it's really hard to to justify everything that's changed and disrupted in our lives without really knowing why besides that he has a brain condition and that's really hard to justify. And it's something that it's really hard to explain unless you have gone through something where you can't get a diagnosis. Well, I hope you find the answers you're looking for Steve Ellis. Well, I thank you. Uh, I I hope so. And uh, I will keep pressing and, and hopefully we will.